I want to talk for just a minute about forgiveness. It's a tough topic, isn't it? We all make mistakes. We all hurt people, whether knowingly or out of ignorance, and we want to be forgiven. But when the shoe's on the other foot, you know, when somebody hurts us, deliberately or otherwise, that's when we realize that forgiveness is hard work. Gandhi said the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. But, you know, I think my favorite insight comes from Bell Hooks. She said, for me, forgiveness and compassion are always linked. How do we hold people accountable for wrongdoing and yet at the same time remain in touch with their humanity enough to believe in their capacity to be transformed? Yeah, because that's the balancing act, right? We can't let the people who hurt us off the hook. But at the same time, we want to believe that we can help them change for the better. I'm Deborah Melman Clement, and this is Cause and Effect, a Queen's Alumni Review podcast where we dive into the motivations of philanthropists and explore what they're passionate about and the impact they have on the world. Okay, so what does forgiveness have to do with philanthropy? Well, if you're someone really strong, like Luz Longsworth, your philanthropy becomes a part of your forgiveness. You know, a way to help hold someone accountable and give yourself a stake in their transformation. Luz came to Queens from Kingston, Jamaica in the early 1980s to earn a master's degree in Hispanic studies. It might seem like an unlikely journey from Kingston, Jamaica to Kingston, Ontario, But she had been studying at the University of the West Indies, and several of her professors there had been to Queens. Several of her friends, too. The other thing was that Queens gave us a tremendous scholarship opportunity, which allowed for someone who would not normally have been able to afford studying abroad, like myself, um, straight out of first degree, to come to Canada to have tuition fully covered. And also the department gave me a teaching fellowship, which allowed me to cover my living expenses. My mom, as a single mom, as as an entrepreneur who was running her own business, was not going to be able to do any support of me without the Queen's scholarship. And I am so grateful to Queen's for that opportunity to study abroad. I I don't know what my life would have been like without that opportunity. Of course, Kingston, Ontario is a little different from Kingston, Jamaica. There's snow for one thing. Because I remember the first snowfall, there were two other Jamaican students studying in different departments, one in English, one in economics, and myself. And we were having dinner together when the first snowfall came. And we we ran outside and we kept going, snow, snow, snow. <laughs> but not all of the differences were that charming. Not long after she arrived, Luz had an experience that she hadn't prepared herself for. A friend of mine uh, and myself, we decided to room together and we were looking for a place together. And we found some very overt and some not so overt racist approaches to us. Places would be available, we'd call. It's just down the road. They'd say, yes, it's available. You're a Queen's graduate student, definitely come. And we'd go knock on the door. The person would answer and literally slam the door in our face. 
we had incidents of racial slurs being thrown at us as we walked downtown, Kingston in particular. Strangely, a lot from younger people, which was even more upsetting because you'd think that young people, you know, young males, young white males in particular as, as Black women, um, you know, there would be racial and sexual slurs. Fortunately, Luz also had a lot of positive experiences that year, and they helped to take some of the sting out of those negative experiences. We did have Caribbean student, African Caribbean Student Society, and we'd have parties, and we had an um, Afro-Caribbean dance company, which I was a member of. So, you know, there were things that did I guess, validate and reinforce the culture. And, and there were attempts even then. One must always focus on what is the positive you get out of every negative that you may have in your life. The positive was clearly the growth experience. That growth experience included a world-class education that Luz is particularly proud of, and the confidence that can only come from adapting successfully to life in a new country. She continued having growth experiences after she left Queens. She got an MBA from the University of the West Indies and then a doctorate in business administration from the University of Bath in England. She spent most of her career as a senior administrator at UWI, including a stint as principal and pro-vice chancellor at their open campus, which serves 17 Caribbean countries. Through it all, she remained in contact with Queens keeping current through the alumni review and giving small annual gifts. A remarkable commitment when you think about it, I mean, considering what she experienced here. But as Luz says, that seems to be a common thread among certain alumni. What I find surprising me is that older alumni like myself, maybe we become very nostalgic and are, are very willing to support even or maybe because of our experiences there. Being exposed to all of these things, you know, makes you a, a much more open person. So obviously it makes you want to ensure that other people don't have those experiences, you know, when they when they get there. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago that Luz was inspired to make a bigger impact. There were two watershed moments that pushed her into action. The first, not surprisingly, was COVID-19. I think with the pandemic and putting things online, like, you know, the, the homecoming and, you know, those things have really enabled us. We're not able to be in a metropolitan site where you have, you know, the, the chapters to look at Queens again. The second watershed moment was a much more personal moment. Her son decided to follow in her footsteps and come to Queens. Unfortunately, though, he was having a harder time making it work financially than she did. I actually realized how expensive it was when my own son applied to Queens to do a master's program. And I thought, you know, this particularly because in, let's say, in Jamaica, the exchange rate is, you know, is pretty, pretty low compared to the Canadian dollar, that it, it is a lot more prohibitive now for young people, Jamaican students, to go to Queens, you know, from a, a standard background without, without scholarship. And having been a recipient of that and a beneficiary of that, I felt that it was time, perhaps, that we did something, you know, ourselves. 
While she wasn't in a position to make a big gift herself, Luz had a plan, inspired by some homespun Caribbean wisdom. In Jamaica, we have a, a saying that says, you know, every mickle, make a muckle. In other words, you know, or one, one cocoa filled basket. And um, what it means is that, and that's our philosophy as as Jamaicans and Caribbean people, you know, every little bit counts and every little bit helps and helps to build a, a bigger pool. As a university administrator professor, you can imagine, I do not have millions of dollars, but I do have my own small donations and I do have a network of people from Queens and maybe even outside of alumni, but people who have businesses in Canada, who have, you know, friends and family in Canada, who can help to build that basket. The basket is actually a bursary, kind of like the one that helped lose all those years ago, that targets Caribbean students looking to study in Canada and encourages them to come to Queens, something they're not doing quite so much these days. Most of the students are going perhaps to U of T and Ryerson. Some of the, the, the colleges are getting a lot of the students because of lower fees. And so uh, I think what we want is some of our best and brightest. If they are going to Canada, that they consider Queens because they have support there. To get the bursary off the ground, Luz has turned to alumni and friends from across the Caribbean. She teamed up with Queen's Advancement staff to build an alumni community in the region, which will eventually become a new chapter of the Alumni Association. So we were able through LinkedIn to identify somewhere about 15 alumni who are on LinkedIn. But I noticed that there were several more that were not identifying as Queen's alumni, maybe, or who weren't on LinkedIn that I knew. So, um, you know, a, a guesstimate, a good guesstimate now is, is that we have at least 30. And the group is growing in size for sure, but also in ambition. They've realized that they want their philanthropy to be just a starting point, And they're now envisioning new ways to contribute. Also, we found that perhaps it was time that with a critical mass of maybe uh, across the region, over 100 alone, that the Caribbean should look at what its voice is like in the governance of Queens. Clearly, if we're going to be investing in sending our funds to Queens, we want to, to see how we can be more involved in, especially the diversity initiatives to support students of color, um, you know, and, and different ethnic backgrounds at Queens. Luz's causes are EDII and access to education. They're causes that have shaped her life and inspired her choices. And she believes in them enough that she's willing to forgive what happened to her, see the good in it, and as Bell Hooks says, hold Queens accountable for what she experienced and believe in and want to participate in the university's capacity to transform. My philosophy has always been that you, you must make your world and everybody that you meet better for having touched you. And if I can help somebody to go to Queens and experience a life-changing environment like I did, then, then you know, that's, that's worth the effort. I want to wrap up with a little thank you to our executive producers, Karen Bertrand and Scott Anderson. 
I also want to thank my advancement colleagues, Michelle Foucault, Sarah Franca, Rochelle Castellano, Nicole Lynch, Alex Bashera, Callum Linden, Danielle Vandenbrink, and Wendy Treverton. And of course, I want to thank Luz Longsworth for so generously sharing her really inspiring story with us. If you have a really inspiring philanthropy story that you want to share, well, we definitely want to hear from you. Reach out to your relationship manager if you have one, or you can find me on the Advancement Staff Directory at queensu.ca. I'm Deborah Melman Clement, and this was Cause and Effect. If you want more, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon. <laughs>